0: That's where this message comes from today, and I want you to understand that. Turn with me to the book of Hosea. Hosea, if you would, the sixth chapter. Uh, if you have trouble finding Hosea, it's right after Daniel. It's a book right after Daniel. Uh, it's the book of Hosea. Uh, let's all stand, if you would. Hosea, the sixth chapter. And uh, I'm going to read the first... S- uh, 11 verses all stand in honor of God's word. And this is, uh, the Lord speaking to Hosea, the prophet, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. <coughs> Excuse me. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. And in the third day he will raise, raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as a morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain, and former rain unto the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as morning cloud, and as the early dew it goeth away. Now, there's, that's the key to my message right here, that very statement right there. Your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as evening dew it goeth away. Therefore have I hewn them, hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by, by the words of my mouth, and thy judgments are as the light that goeth forth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And the Lord knoweth of God more than burnt offerings. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. I thank you, Lord, for the uh, for this. I thank you, Lord, for this message, Lord. I I pray that you'll use it this morning, Lord. I sometimes it gets uh, to where I I just I wonder sometimes is this the message for today? But I do believe that this message is for today. And Lord, I just pray that you'll use it for thy honor and thy glory, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, you may be seated. I've titled this message Sunday Religion. Now where I where I get this where I get this from is it's where he says here, for your goodness is as a morning cloud. In other words, it doesn't last very long. And as the earthly dew, as the early dew, it goeth away. Your uh, uh your goodness is is very short. And so Sunday religion means that your religion is very short. Now I'm not talking, as I said, I'm 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 just talking from what I learned. You know, your religion is very short. And, and, and people are in the phase now of wanting to make it shorter. You would be surprised if you learned of the churches that was once our kind of churches that don't even have an evening service anymore. I, I learned these things when I preachers that I talked to from different areas. And they tell me these things. You know, you know, so-and-so church, they only have one service a week now. And that bothers me. It really does. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you may say, well, that's none of your business. But, but it bothers me. You know, these, uh, these churches have gone with, you know to where they people don't want to go to church one one day w- one one service a sunday is enough they 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 don't have they don't have a sunday evening service and then now they don't a lot of them don't even have a well, they they a lot of them done away wednesday services a long time ago but they don't they don't even have a sunday afternoon service and you know, what we have here is is we have we have what Brother Ed used to call when we went to two o'clock, when Brother Ed was still living, we went to two o'clock, and Brother Ed called it all one service. Brother Ed told me, he said, you ought to preach right on end of three o'clock on Sunday morning, and that way you only have, only have one service. And um But you know, we we, we've gotten to where that our religion, and when I say we, I'm not necessarily referring to landmark Baptists here. I'm just I'm talking about religiosity in general. You know, we've gotten to where the only religion we have is for a while on Sunday. That's it. just, Just for a little while on Sunday, and that's what he that's what he accused Judah of. He accused Judah and he accused, uh, uh, Ephraim. He accused them of, he, he said, y'all, you're like the morning clouds. You're here for just a little while. And then when evening, when, when, when by time evening comes, the dew is gone. It's over. Your, 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 your religion is over. Your worship is over. You know, when, when we talk about it, you know, even right here, when I, Maybe I, maybe I need to ask you a question here today. Maybe I need to ask you a question. When does your righteousness end? Does it end after you leave this building? Or does it ever end? Is is it always there? When we talk about our text here today, there, there was a pleading cry from the people to return unto the Lord in the day of the Lord but they said let's return unto the Lord but it was only idle words they didn't really mean it how many, times, how many times have I heard people say well I know what I should do I know I should do more I know I should do this I know I should do that that's what they were doing here they they were saying they were saying let's return unto the Lord, but they didn't mean it. They never did. They didn't return to the Lord. That's just like some of these churches today that are I think are going in the wrong direction. You know I um uh, uh I heard one of the preachers tell me. He said well he said uh, he said if, if it doesn't work he says we'll come back. Well, you shouldn't have left. You shouldn't have left to start with. There was a pleading cry from the people to return unto the Lord in the day of the Lord, but it was only idle words without any desire to really return unto the Lord. It was just a cry. It was just, a, it's just words. Words, words, words. Ah, oh, we hear words. So, so many words. But where are the actions? Where are the actions? It seemed to be very genuine to the unenlightening ear and eye. You know, when some, when some people says, some people tells you, they says, well, I know I should do better. That's, that sounds good to the enlightened eye. Oh, this person here, they want to do better. You really you really need to get down there and work with them. They want to do better. But they don't mean it. They, they don't mean it. That's what, he's, that's what he's referring to here. God called it a morning cloud. God called them like a morning cloud. God likened their idle words as a light cloud in the morning, which vanished away when the sun arises. That cloud is gone. Oh, we're going to return unto the Lord. But that cloud is gone. Just as soon as the sun rises. Their words were as the morning dew, which has fallen in the night. But when the sun arises, it is soon dried away. The vain words, works, the vain works, the vain holiness, and the vain righteousness of men cannot stand very long when they're confronted with, with the justice of the son of righteousness. When God really gets down to, when God really gets down to them, they can't handle that. They can't handle that. They can't handle that. And, and he talks about it here. He talks about divine chastisement here in this text. They can't handle that. When God brings divine chastisement up on them, they just, oh God, why are you dealing with me like this? They can't handle that. He says, he says, uh, after two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now I want you to think about this text here for just a moment. A day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. When the Lord speaks here in the fact, when they speak here, after two days will he revive us, that's 2,000 years. And on the third day, on the third day, He says we shall live in His sight. Now what's He talking about there? Two thousand years. What's on the third day? The millennium. See, you have, you have the two thousand years after Christ comes to the earth, and then you have the millennium, which is a thousand years. That's when people will begin to recognize who God is. But it'll be too late. It's gonna to be too late. It says every knee should bow and every tongue shall confess that He is the Lord. But it's too late. They've, they've done wasted their life away with words, 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 words. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this. Idle words. Idle words. Idle words. Men's words and works are judged every minute by the divine judgment of God. Sunday religion will not stand very long under the microscope, microscope of God's word. It won't stand very long. Sunday religion doesn't stand up very long. You might say, well, God ought to be pleased with me. I'm in church today. What do you think God is? What, how many people do we have not in church today? You think God ought to be pleased with that too? God ought to be pleased that I'm here. God ought to be pleased that I'm in His house. But what do you think about it when you're not in His house? Do you think God is pleased with that too? When you say, well, I'll be there next Sunday. I'm going next Sunday now. I'm not going to be able to go this Sunday. i got something else to do, but I'm going to be there next Sunday. Those are out of words. Formal and carnal professors will not continue very long. They may run well for a time, but will eventually drop their professions and and religion for the things of the world. They only last a short, and I've seen more and more of that in this day and time. I'm seeing more, I've seen more people. I've had, I, I've had one man that I've witnessed to probably for the last 15, 20 years. Did you know that man has been in religion probably once a year and then dropped out? And I, I'm not going to tell you who he is, but But if I told you who he was, some of you may know him. But the man claimed to be going to a Methodist church, and he said, boy, the Lord has really got a hold of me. Paul, he said, the Lord has really got a hold of me. He said, I'm telling you, he says, I'm serving the Lord now. And probably five months later, he's a cussing. He he was just using God's name in vain. And I I said, I thought you told me that you had changed. He said, oh, I did for a while. Well, it wasn't a year later until he told me. He said, oh, I'm back in. I'm back into it. I'm back into it now, and I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Me and my wife, we're just as happy as we can be. The man's been married six times. But he said, me and my wife's just as happy as we can be. And what did I hear? A Couple of three months after that, he's cussing again. Talking about, he said, I got to leave that woman. She's just crazy. She can be. Words. Just out of words. That's all it is. It's just out of words. It's Sunday religion. Now, if we're to understand Sunday religion, we must see what they are speaking about. When they speak about a sense of need, what are they talking about? When they say, "I need to be there," "I need to be in church," "I need to change," "I need to return," what are they speaking about? Well, they they recognize that God hath torn. Look what He says here: "God, God hath torn." He says, he he, he speaks of the fact that. Um, let me see where where he says it at. Yeah, God hath torn. It's in the first verse. Come and let us return unto the Lord. Why? For He hath torn. What does that mean? What's he talking about there? God has done something to me that makes me realize I've got to return. It wasn't enough to make him return, but it was enough to make him think about it. It was enough to make them think about it. God torn. That's talking about chastisement. That's talking about that God had brought chastisement upon them, and they and they they were crying out, "Boy, let us return unto the Lord." Why? Because He had chastised us, and He will heal us. He has smitten, and He will bind us up. But then you find out down in verse 3 that God says no, you're not telling the truth. He said you're like a morning cloud. You're up today and you're right back where you were the day before you came. But the day before you was in the house of God, you're right back the way you were. They recognize God hath torn. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. To know when things get bad. I don't have to tell you when things are bad. You know when things are bad. You know, somebody thinks that if a preacher goes to them and tells somebody, Well, things are bad with you right now, it's going to help. They know things are bad. Because they know things aren't going like they should. Just like that old brother, Doom. Uh, I like him. He was a preacher yesterday. He just lost his wife uh, two weeks ago, uh, and, and he preached yesterday. And he's from uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, he preached on the reason that we can do mission work is because people do give. And he preached on that yesterday, and 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 he said some things like that. He said uh, he said I hear people say. You can't outgive God. He says, I've never known anybody to try it. He said, I've never known anybody to try it. He said, I, I'm 83 years old. And he said, I've never known anybody to try to outgive God. He said, why do people say you can't outgive God? Because nobody's ever tried it. And I thought that was pretty thought, pretty thoughtful. Nobody's ever tried outgiving God. Well, the thing about it is, is uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know when things are bad. Things are bad with you, things are bad with your family, things are bad with your church, things are bad. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that. We just know things are bad, and we know things have to change. But we use idle words. It's only idle words when we say things have to change, because we don't change. That's just idle words. It's like getting sick. One doesn't have to go to the doctor to find out if one is sick, but one goes to the doctor when one is already sick. How many of you go going to the doctor in the morning to find out if you're sick? My doctor told me, he said, you may need some tests run. Am I going to run tomorrow to get those tests done? No, I'm not. You know, you know when you don't feel well. You know when something's wrong with you. You know, it doesn't take a doctor to tell you you're sick. Like old Dr. Snowden used to doctor my mom and dad. He he died, he was still doctoring at 90 some years old. I remember my mom called him up one time and she said, Doctor, she said, I've got a little spot here on my lip. And he said, Rosie D., I can see that all the way through this phone. And he said, you're going to die in two days. He said, you got bad cancer. She slammed the phone down on him. (laughs) I said, what's wrong, Mom? She said, oh, crazy things. He told me I'm going to die in two days. (laughs) You know, and, and, you know, and, uh, well, my mom wouldn't go to the doctor. She just wouldn't go. She'd call him up and tell him. She'd say, and he'd send her something if it was legitimate. But, uh, you know, it doesn't take anybody very long to know when things are bad, when things aren't right. If people will stop for a minute and examine their real spiritual life, that is, why they really do the things they do, they will find their religion... It's not one of spirituality, but mere formality. The religion is one of formality. This is something that I'm expected to do, is be in church for a little while on Sunday. People are happy with me when I go to church. People are happy with me when I, when I go to church. But as far as changing the way I live and the things I do, I'm not going to do it. Well, people are unhappy with that. Pastors are unhappy with that when he sees it among the, among his uh, his people. I I know there's not a soul in this building today and there's not a soul I talk to out there doesn't realize they need to be in church on Sunday. They realize that. But it's like old brother Clyde Hancock said one time, somebody asked him, said, how many of y'all running down to that church now? Clyde said, I run a hundred a week, but I only catch about 30 of them. Now let me tell you folks, it doesn't take much examination of the motives of the heart to see if God has torn because of them. Because of the things we done, that God has, it, it doesn't take much to think about that. This is the reason these things are happening to me. God is working with me. God is dealing with me. That's just like I said, you know. Uh, you know, Griffin. Uh, I think I thank God, Griffin, that you're able to be here today. But you really need to look deeper and find out if that's God speaking to you. And I'm just telling you. Telling you the truth. You know, things like that don't just happen. I know people call them accidents. There's no such thing as accident with God. God doesn't have any accidents. You need to sit down and think about that sometime in your life. God is constantly Tearing at us to, to make us understand that He has a message for us. And we need to listen to it. We need to stop and listen to that message God has for us. Here about two weeks ago, I got out of bed, and I stepped out on my left foot, and I went down to the ground. Of course, Rhonda was sound asleep. She didn't care. <laughs> she didn't care. She was sound asleep. And so I I finally wiggled around, pushed up, and I got back up on my right leg and finally I shook my left leg, you know, shook it real good, and I stepped back down on it and I was able to walk. And first thing I thought about when I got out of that bed and fell on that leg, I said, Lord, what message are you trying to give me today? You know what I do now? Before I get out of bed every morning, I pray that I'll be able to stand up on my feet. I did this morning. I did yesterday morning. I did the morning before that, and I've done that morning after morning, and I'll probably do the same thing in the morning. God just let me get and stand up on my feet. You know, if God is tearing at you for some reason, you need to pray that God won't let that happen again. You know, you you need to pray that God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, and I won't, and and uh, you won't let that happen again. That's that's in our text right here. I just read it to you. Right down there, right down there in verse 5, he says, Therefore have I hewed them by the prophets. I've had the prophets preach to them, and the prophets have hewn them down, have chopped them down with their words, with their preaching, with their prophecy. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and thy judgment are as a light that goeth forth. But what do you do? You say, for I desire mercy. Or God says, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God says, I want more than just your idle service that you give to me. I want more than that. God wants more out of us. God wants more out of us. Those in the latter day, will know their religion is not effective, for God will show it to them. Look at 2 Timothy 3. Look here, would you ever think that, over in 2 Timothy 3, would you ever think that this is said out of, because of people's vainness in this day and time? This is why Paul told Timothy this in verse 3, in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come. This is what's going to happen in the last days. Men are going to be lovers, shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lust. You know, your little daughters, are in danger today I'm telling you your little daughters are in danger today they're in danger today you need to wake up and hear this your little daughters are in danger today you don't know what's lurking out there after them we've got some pretty little babies in this church pretty little girls I was just looking at looking at uh, Ella today Ella's growing up Brandon, Jessica, she's growing up. They some dangerous people out there. They some dangerous boys out there. You know how I know? Cause I was one of them. Rhonda got caught in my trap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> what did she say, Neil? <laughs> Yeah. That's going to happen to your little girls. Tanya's going to happen to your little girl. Someday she's going to get out there in the world. We got three little girls back there just started driving. You know, these things are going to happen. You know. They're pretty little girls. Yeah, they are. They're pretty little girls. They're gonna have them old ugly boys going after them. Let me tell you, folks. That's what they're saying here. Same thing they're saying here. Same thing God is God. Same thing God is telling us in the text. For of sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diver's lust, ever learning, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jamboree withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. You know, that's the problem we have today. We have a lot of reprobates trying to be Christians. Reprobates trying to do right, and they can't do right. You know, and the only one thing can help them, and that's salvation. The only thing can help them. All they will have to do is look at themselves and their actions to know that the religion they possess will not stand in the fire of God's judgment. Why? Why won't it stand? They will know what true religion is all about, for there will be those who will be a testimony to it. There are some who are going to warn you. These prophets, just like these prophets warned them, these prophets hewed them down by warning them. That's what I'm doing today. I'm hewing you down, and I'm warning you today about these things. Look at Second Timothy 3 again. Go over to verse 10. Here's what he tells Timothy. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, matter of life, purpose, faith, Long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Go down to verse 15. For that thou, listen to this now, you, all you parents listen to this. For thou, from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, every couple that I counsel, the state of Georgia requires that you teach them how to do a budget, how to make a budget. Now, when some of you got married, the state of Georgia didn't require that, but still I made a lot of you, had a lot of you do it. You know what's the first thing I tell them? Your tithes and offerings. That's the first thing you do with your money is you give your tithes, which it belongs to God anyway, and your offerings, which is what you honor God with, and that's your offerings. No budget is complete unless you do that. You might say, well, I put back enough money to pay my bills. I put back enough money to do this. Put back enough money to do that. It doesn't do any good if you don't tithe. It's not going to go anywhere. I like what Neil used to say a long time ago. Neil used to say, well, I'm just spinning my wheels. That's all you'll be doing, spinning your wheels. You're not going anywhere. You're not, I'm telling you. You're not going anywhere. Well, folks, I've got uh, five more things I need to say, so I'm going to give them up right now and say them later on. All right, let's all stand, if you would, and we're not going to sing today, Reggie and Carmen.